1: This
0: I can just finish sharing a thought and then we'll dive right into it. Yeah. So he said, if I wanted, I would call legions of angels, and I was trying to explain to you that there was so much. Uh, At Jesus' disposal, that if he wanted, he would have canceled the whole ordeal of dying. But what made him not to do it, I demonstrated to you, was not... What crucified Jesus was not the power of the soldiers or the will of Herod and Pilate. It was obedience to the initial will of the Father. And not even to His own, because the Bible suggests to us that he, He seemed to have had a different plan at some point. But then the point that I want to just drive home is a point that, look, it's not. how can I put it? It's not every wrong prayer that God does not answer. One of the reasons you need to be very careful how you pray is that you may have your prayer request granted. For the one reason that you are God's child, A lot of times when we are doing persistent prayers, you can find it was not initially God's will for something to happen, but because we have persisted, God permits it to be so. When, when 1 John chapter 5, I believe verse 16 says, whatever we ask according to his will, he hears us. The scripture which says that does not say that if we ask not according to his will, he will not hear us. We already have access to God through Jesus. So every prayer that is made by Jesus reaches God, whether it's his will or not. Yesterday, my son really wanted juice. And I put ice, I know, and it's God. And he's having a cough. And I'm really trying to, I've, I've, I've stung him, I've stinged him, I've done everything I know. But he's just on me. I threaten, I'll beat him. He's just on me. I now tell my wife, let's give him a sip, at least. My wife tries, she resists me, she fights me. She fights him, he persists. I, I then saw her giving him a sip. Was it our will <laughs> for him to have that juice? Jesus knew this and he said, If I wanted, I would ask the father to send 12 legions of not this car, knife you're removing and cutting someone's ear. He says, if I want, I can call the father. What I want you to appreciate is the access that we have to the father. There is an access that we have to the father. I just want you to know right now that it is not every wrong prayer which is rejected. Just remember that. (laughs) It's just important. This is why one of the greatest tools you need to possess when you are talking to God is the wisdom to know that it's always better to allow the will of God to prevail because he's always wiser and he knows best. He knows best. So in in prayer, one of the things that you will need is ability to discern the will of God and then pray the will of God. This is why Romans 8.26 tells us, we know not how to pray. How we ought to, but the Spirit comes to help us with that weakness. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in prayer, because He helps us know what the will of God is. And sometimes the will of God does not come the way we may want it to happen. There was a time when I was praying in, um, I think that was 2011. In, remember, there were elections. And I said, Lord, all these heathens, my friends, I don't know which position you're going to give me, but I want to be getting paid more than them. So when we sent that application late, we, I even helped some of them write. Because with English, I wasn't that bad. Neither am I. It's Jack's that. <laughs> I even helped some of them write. When they were reviewing, when the results came out, I had been left out. I didn't understand. I got better grades than them. I wrote better English. I, I said, is this a, from the, my mother's side? I, it didn't feel like that, but I was just not picked. I didn't understand. So I tried to reapply. Nothing happened. When they were going to have their workshops... And they were getting allowances, and they were telling me, yeah, I'm going to buy a phone and stuff like that. Then an uncle I had not heard from in a long time called and said, ah, you know, here in Mpulungu, I think you can come. I think there's an opening. I moved from Kasama to Mpulungu. I reached there. I was even late. I didn't understand that election stuff. It was so complicated. We wrote the exams. I didn't even clear very well. The position I got was something like ASHA. They were pulling assistants, pulling what? Me, I got like usher. And then we were taken to a village where I was ushering, and there was violence. Mpulungu had violence, if you remember, in 2011. But when we got paid at the end, I then realized that when I asked my friends how much they got paid, that's maybe two months later, I asked my friends how much they got paid. Oh, one month, I don't know. How much they got paid, I, I realized that I got paid more than them even after I got I paid my tithe and I gave I still had more than them so it's like the way that God was answering the prayer I would have said Lord no 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 no. they can't leave me I insist I insist that they pick me here I insist that they and they would have picked me and I wouldn't have gotten paid more than my friends So, my advantage was to be ignorant. One, because I was just quiet. I didn't understand what was happening. If I forced things, I would have not been paid more than them. But my other advantage would have been in me knowing what the will of God was. Because if I knew the will of God, then I would have prayed and I would have said, Lord, ensure that they don't pick me here. Let that thing work that side. So, this is where now, that's, by the way, we're dealing with the doctrine of prayer. The doctrine. I know they told you you just have to pray according to the will of God, that's good. But even if you didn't, and this is why I'm encouraging you to be careful to know the will of God.
1: Mm. So
0: the Holy Spirit helps us in designing the will of God. Now, before I say what I want to say in connection, let me also say that it's not always that God answers prayer, but sometimes God answers people. It's not always that God just answers prayer. Sometimes God answers Sometimes God answers people. This is why when you're going through things, sometimes you need to ask your friends to pray with you. There are times when I feel like a situation is hard. I tell my friends to stand with me in prayer. Because I've prayed. I'm not seeing a change. So maybe you guys, (laughs) maybe there's something God is trying to do with me. Maybe you, when you talk to him, it will work. We all had that. Maybe some of you didn't. We all had that moment where, like, where I grew up, if your father is upset with you, you send Joab, you will get what you want. That's how it worked. That's why he looks like him. So he would get what you want. My sister and I would try, we would be blasted or beaten. But once Job just and him he just walked in the bedroom, with shoes, and he would climb his bed, and my father would tell Job stop. Me they even used to call me Kadani. When my sister made a mistake, I would be beaten for not reporting. When I made a mistake, I would be beaten for making a mistake even though I did it with my sister. So for me, forget. So if I want something to be done, send job. We always got it done. So sometimes you need a job. (laughs) Remember last time I shared with you that God looked at the faith of the friends of the guy who was very sick, not at his faith, so it matters the people around you. Sometimes God answers people, not prayer. So here is Hannah. Hannah has been asking God. He has she has been asking God, please 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 give me a child. She even made promises, I will take him to church, I'll dedicate him. Mm. Now she started threatening the husband. If you don't give me a child, I'll die. Or something like that. And it's a woman. You. <laughs> Am I not worth 10 sons? She tr- he tried all the English. The woman was still depressed. I can imagine how long it was. Then one day she was praying. It was so bad that she was looking drunk when she was praying. And a prophet of God, without discerning, came and accused her of drinking. You, why are you praying drunk like this in public? In church. And she says, no, it's not that man of God. I'm so distressed. I've never had a child. The man of God says, oops, I didn't know. (laughs) Then the man of God, he didn't say, a grudas quala (laughs) quala. No, he says, ah, next year about this time, you have a child. And boom, she had a child. Huh? This guy says sorry, and you have a child. You, you've been praying and fasting. There's no child. This guy just says that I'm sorry and you get pregnant. So who, God, who did God answer there? Yeah. So sometimes God answers people, not prayers. Sometimes. This is why you need people to pray with you. This is why you need your pastor. Because there's something that God placed on him which gives him access to God for your life. Because the Bible says in Hebrews um, 13, It says, he watches over your soul. So there are people who've got keys to other people's lives. Sometimes just ask for prayer. Pray for me. You've prayed, it didn't work. Let other people pray for you so that it works. I've had many instances like that myself. Where I've had to say, I remember there was this one time, I was getting attacks and attacks. And I was laying down. This one time, I thought I'd woken up. But then I realized I didn't. I was sleeping on the couch. I thought I'd woken up. That must have been been 2017. I thought I'd woken up, but I hadn't. And I saw powers of darkness surrounding me. A lot of them demons. And they were shouting. Come out, you see. Come here. We'll deal with you. It was that bad. But I noticed there was a hedge of fire around me so they couldn't access me. And then this other time, I had one of those encounters. I didn't know what to do. I had shouted, fire! What you not to shout? Then I just said, I'm going to tell Pastor Mulele. They ran away. I'm not saying it's Jesus. No. Trust me. If there was a doctrinal guy, it's me. (laughs) But they said, Paul, we know. They didn't say we only know Jesus. They said, ah, we know Paul. (laughs) Even Jesus, we know him. That's from your Bible, right? So that means even Paul, they knew him, they said. Even Jesus, they knew him. And I'm not saying this for the worship of men or anything, but I'm just telling you my personal experience that there are people that God puts in your life that themselves are an answered prayer. They are a walking answered prayer. Are you listening to me? So sometimes God answers people and not prayers. Social media can just cut this part <laughs> and take you all over now. Listen to what they are teaching with a red suit. <laughs> just that I forgot white pointed shoes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so it now becomes important in discerning the will of God to engage the dimension of the Holy Spirit. Write this down. There is a revelatory dimension of God you will never know if you don't pray. There is a revelatory dimension of God you will never know if you don't pray.
1: Write this again. There is a walk with the Spirit
0: that you will never know if you don't pray. Now, these are the exciting dimensions of prayer. I will tell you this. There are superficial parts of prayer. they are on top, top, top parts. That's what I mean. But then there are deep, 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 deep parts. Those, you each personally have to walk through them. Did you know that may, for the past 4 years 3 4 years for the past 4 years that I've told you this is the, I have I got the theme for next year I was praying and I was not even asking but I was
1: praying and then it came
0: many of the sermons I have taught Many of the sermons I have taught came to me whilst I was praying. Many of the decisions I made, like we're not going to meet for the first two months, came to me whilst I was praying. Many, many teachings I have developed, came, especially when I'm praying in the spirit, many decisions I have made, there's, there's a, there's a there's a, there's a note you hit in the spirit when you are praying. And then you just know what you're supposed to do. Then you begin understanding the scriptures more. You begin understanding the word of God more. It's revelation, it comes in prayer. Because you see, there, all your teachings, is like, it's like they are loading. And some things, I don't know how to explain them. You will not know. You will not know revelation if you don't pray. And then that revelation, it it hits us differently. I will tell you this. There are very diverse ways in which God is going to speak to us. (laughs) My, My one of my wife's sharpest prophetic moments is when she's dozing. She would do like this. Ah,
1: you know what I just saw? I
0: I I'm thinking. And she, I'm, this girl, does she know what she just said? And I thought, ah, it just one off. She will know my dimension soon. The next morning, you know when I was dozing, I, I'm
1: <laughs> just
0: like that. So she will have revelations about this, about that, when she's dozing. That one, there's nothing you can do about it. Some of you it's when you are bathing. When you're just showering, then you begin knowing things. So there are some people who <laughs> why they bath a lot, <laughs> it's not because they want. <laughs> it's because there's a dimension they hit. Only available to them in the shower. Some people, it's, it's quiet, a quiet place. When they're in a quiet place, then something opens. Something opens when they're in a quiet place. And you need to study those. So, you just find, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> I know there are people with a problem. That's why they like being alone. But there are those people who they need to be in a quiet place. They don't have to pray in tongues. They have to be quiet and just reflect, then something will open. Right? Many encounters I have, I don't know. For me, it just happens anyhow. In fact, there's not one encounter I've ever had when I'm fasting. <laughs> Even if you are, my diary of supernatural encounters forget. Even if I'm fasting, 40 days, not one. I can't remember, except once. This this one time I was praying and praying and praying and praying and fasting and praying and praying fasting, then angels appeared to me. But you can imagine how long I've been fasting and praying in my life. I started in grade 12. In fact, Job can tell you, my father forced us to fast and pray when we were young. He locked us up. Together with my, his, ma- his mother-in-law, my wife, my, f- my, mother's, my mother's mother, <laughs> <laughs> locked us up and told us we are fasting. And we began to pray and fast with my grandmother. She was very prayerful. And we began to pray fast, pray fast. Obviously, Job was allowed to eat, but he said... Mm. fast, very fast, very fast. Uh, I'll stop job very soon. I'll stop. So (laughs) I'm working on it. I'm trying. And then we fasted and prayed. Me, my mother sometimes would almost deny me food if I forget scriptures. I don't know why I had that military training. So I started there. In grade 12, I would have dry fasts once a month. I would have a dry fast, dry fast. Not one encounter. (laughs) Not one. But some of the encounters I would have, I'm just crossing the road, boom. I'm full on tooté and juice. Ziggy, boom, encounter. So how do you explain that? There are things that will happen, you can't explain them. So some of them are very Random. But there are also those things that we can all practice to bring ourselves to a place of having revelation. Prayer is one of them. And one way to bring yourself to that place, pray in other tongues. There's a disadvantage to a Christian who can't pray in other tongues. There's a disadvantage. Now, all of you will pray if you are willing but let me just explain something. There's a disadvantage you have because there's a depth you can't get to in your prayer. And there's a strength, write this down, there's a depth you can't get to in prayer if you can't pray in other tongues.
1: Number two, there is a length you can't get to. There's a length you can't get to. And number three,
0: there is a level of revelation you cannot have capacity to hold and receive. Capacity to hold and receive. If you can't pray in other tongues. Let me explain on length. When you have prayed all your prayers in English, what else is left? Let's say you've managed to stretch for 30 minutes. You've prayed everything. What are you now going to start praying? For God to give the angels strength so that they can go to Malawi. I don't know. You start making up prayers. I don't know if you get my point. Then in tongues, there's a strength you have. There are times when I'm so tired at night, but I need to pray. But the Bible says the one who prays in tongues charges himself up. There's a spiritual charging that comes upon everyone who prays in other tongues. That envelopes the flesh. And once that is done, you'll find that although you were so tired you wanted to sleep. When you just keep by 15 minutes you are going and what happens is the moment you say amen, but you would have gone for one hour. So there's a strength. There's a strength you can't have if you can't pray in the spirit because that strength is only accessed by the spirit, by your spirit From the Holy Spirit, if you pray in the Spirit, it's the only way. Many times I'm tired at night and I really need to sleep. And any serious Christian who prays in tongues knows this. Except some of them, they just quote a scripture. The flesh, but the Spirit. You know my heart. Amen. But you know, and I want you to try this. Some of you, you need to get serious. You know that I know I'm tired. But the moment I just begin praying in tongues, I'll just give it 15 minutes. And then you just put your willingness, not your strength, your willingness. You put your will to eat. This week when you are tired, try it. Make sure you are tired. And you know that normally at this point I am I, gone. Then now you, you engage the thing. Huh? You try to walk up and walk around. You know the flesh. You, do you guys know the flesh? <laughs> the Bible says to mortify the deeds of the flesh. The flesh is not just sleeping around. You just want to sleep. You know you're supposed to pray. But you're just saying God understands. He doesn't. It's the one in your head. The one in your head is different from the one in the Bible. The one in your head understands. But the one in the Bible, he says to
1: pray without ceasing. That one, that's what he says. The flesh
0: can develop a mind of its own. That's why the Bible says, but I put my flesh under. I discipline it with hardship. 1 Corinthians 9.27. 1 Corinthians 9.27. Amplified. I, like a boxer, I beat it. The flesh has to be beaten.
1: I don't know how you're going to beat it, but you beat it. By the way,
0: I've been fasting ever since I was young. But every time I start a fight, it hurts. Just to encourage some of you. <laughs> every time I say I'm fasting, I feel attacked. I've been fasting from my days as a boy. But even now, this week, I I fasted. I woke up in the morning and I heard the Holy Spirit say, I need to do something, but I need an empty stomach to work on. Very strange sentence. And I planned that today. If. Have you ever felt the hunger for if? (laughs) Now, some of us have reached that level where heaven would be in shock. Heaven suddenly told you you're fasting and you refused. Suddenly. I know some of you when you're told suddenly, ah, they should understand if I refuse. I'm on medication. What medication? They were feeling the heartbeat, so... (laughs) I'm feeling my heartbeat. (laughs) Some of us have reached a place where it just comes, boom, fast. Hey.
1: Trust and there
0: is no to be up. And I'm trying to tell God, but the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Then God responds, the Bible also says, Those that sow in tears shall reap with songs of joy. Sunny, it's time to sow in tears. It still hurts. In other words, the flesh can't be trained sufficiently. This is why the fact that you escaped a girl last year, when she tried to sleep you by coming into your room, you ran away, praise God. You need to use the same technique to defeat the other girl this year or the other guy this year. Because your flesh will still negotiate with you. I have needs. You're not the first man alive to make a mistake like you
1: enter in
0: the Guinness Book of World Records. Then now you have to start repenting for the next one week. You can't save correctly. By the way, every time you are suspended and you are in leadership, Just know, just know that the work of God is disturbed. So when you're making some of these mistakes, especially as a leader, remember that it's not just your life that is at stake. It's God's work. Because once we suspend you, it means the area you are handling, we have to find another another person to replace you. That's painful. We got used to you. So just behave yourself. It's so draining. By the way, Mwanza will not be a minister anymore in this church. He's suspended. The apex Mwanza, minister Mwansa. So none of you should ever call him a minister. Am I clear? I went there. So that's just the point I make. Observe yourself,
1: live correctly. Even in prayer, you have to buffet, discipline your body.
0: It says with hardship. And some of you, who, you know, you just marry. Especially guys. You know you can't hold yourself. You can't play golf. Marry. Listen, you don't need so much money to marry. I don't need money to marry. It has descended upon you, that thing. You know when it, when it behooves you, <laughs> that thing. I. It can change your life. One day I woke up and I went into the room of my guardian and said, "I want to marry." Hey, relax. Do you have money? I said, "No." <laughs> <What are you? laughs> Don't marry. <laughs> There's this girl, Mavis. Just marry. Don't trouble us. Every time you're just thinking about him, about her. If there's someone, especially, some of you just marry. All oh, you need find a house in one of these places that you can rent. My kusha, me, I'll do the paperwork. We will clap hands. I can even pay for your, for your venue in church here. It's not expensive. I pay for you. The Bible actually says it's better to marry than burn with passion. So if you know that, <laughs> you Ben. You have become an Uncle Ben. <laughs> you Ben. <laughs> Just come to me and say, daddy, I don't have money, but I said, don't worry, Sonny, come here. The only part I can't help you are your, the relatives to the woman. Because they will say 40,000. Maybe what you do, I don't know. But you can just pray that it works. You just say, if they say anything beyond 10 pin. <laughs> if they say anything beyond 10 pin, we just need to say, okay and pray that as we are going, they should come and beg you. Now as you are going, they are not coming, you are just going. <laughs> there are some of you who can't hold it. Do you Every time, every time. Marry. Stop bothering us. Especially young people. Every time young people get into relationships, sometimes I become restless. So I'm always asking them, when are you getting married? Don't tell me, no, it's pressure. No, you are also putting me under pressure. You think I'm not feeling the pressure. So I'll be asking you, when are you getting married? I'll come for you. Every time I'll come for you. When I see you, I say, okay, don't hold hands. You you, (laughs) You will not trouble me. The devil is a lie. What are you doing in first year wanting to get into a relationship? Some of you it's not that. No, me I can't stay single. No, some of you it's just indiscipline. You are doing disciplined. <laughs> ah, it's not time. Even the Bible says, and God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Sometimes God has to say. <laughs> here. So, sometimes okay, let me leave that part. So, sometimes you have to discipline the flesh and uh just marry. Leave us alone. (laughs) Especially for men. Just marry. All these half women, why are you? Just pick one and marry. I hope you will accept, but marry. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) I wish you all the best, but just So even in prayer you need to discipline the flesh. Discipline the flesh. The reason why some of you are not able to pray is because you are not dis- you don't discipline the flesh. The flesh must be disciplined. Your desire to sleep will always be greater than your desire to pray. Trust me.
1: Your desire to eat will always be greater than your desire to fast. You always want to eat. You, do you know the stomach?
0: shivama taste buds. shivayo.
1: Someone
0: said discipline. So watch yourselves. I'm giving you this week. When you are tired, begin to pray in the spirit. Uh, give me the questions. Also, length. That length is as a result of the strength. You always feel like there's something you're about to hear. There's something you're about to hear. He who kneels before God can stand before men. Leonard, Leonard Ravenhill, an amazing preacher of old. You should listen to him. He also says, no man, I don't care how colossal his intellect is greater than his prayer life. Notice, we never pray for folks we gossip about and never gossip about the folks we pray for. Because prayer is a great detergent. Therefore, if you want to stop gossiping about certain people, begin praying for them. How come you love this? You need to edit. It. <laughs> the man who has gotten God's word in secret neither seeks nor expects men's encouragement for the delivery of that word because the Holy Spirit himself bears witness of that approval. Let me say that again. The man who has gotten God's word in secret neither seeks nor expects men's encouragement for the delivery of that word because the Holy Spirit himself bears witness of that approval. The secret of praying is praying in secret. That's Leonard Ravenhill. Prayer should not just be an act but an attitude of life. Billy Graham, prayer should not just be an act but an attitude of life. Prayer is crucial in evangelism. Only God can change the heart of someone who is in rebellion against him. No matter how logical our arguments or how fervent our appeals, our words will accomplish nothing unless God's spirit moves. So all those who do evangelism, we must pray. That's Billy Graham, the past two I've quoted.
1: Great man, you can look him up as well. Prayer is crucial in
0: evangelism. Okay, Andrew Murray. Oh, let the place of secret prayer become to me the most beloved spot on earth. There's a place where prayer becomes that enjoyable. E.M. Bounds. There is neither encouragement nor room in the Bible for feeble desires listless efforts or lazy attitudes. All must be strenuous, urgent, and ardently flamed desires, impassioned and unwearied insistence delight delight, heaven. Our whole being must be in in our praying. I read that again. There is neither encouragement nor room in the Bible. Okay, don't write. I will send them in the church groups. There is neither encouragement nor room in the Bible for feeble desires, listless efforts, or lazy attitudes. All must be strenuous. Urgent and ardently flamed desires, impassioned and unwearied insistence insistence delights heaven. Our whole being must be in our praying. Alexander White. If you find your prayer life to be always short, and so easy without cost or strain and sweat to you, you may even depend upon it, but you will not, but you have not yet begun to pray. Charles Prajon, I know of no better thermometer to your spiritual temperature than this, the measure of the intensity of your prayer. Now, all these were theologians who were talking about intense praying further says a prayerless church member is a hindrance. He is in the body like a rotting bone. Before long, since he does not contribute to the benefit of his brethren, he will become a danger and sorrow to them. Neglect of private prayer is a locust that devours the strength of the church. Billy Sunday says, "If you are a stranger to prayer, you are strangers to power." So tomorrow we are fasting up to Friday. Pastor, is being in a secret relationship healthy? So now the context of the question, I don't understand it. Is someone keeping you a secret, they are not posting you, there's a problem. Especially if you've been dating for some time. They just post soccer.
1: <clears throat>
0: they just post the latest fashion, but they don't post you. For me, I think it's a problem if you're in a relationship and they don't post you. You can find your two Zambians, ka? Okay? They should be able to post you at least. Who are they afraid of? But sometimes they post and yet they have muted some contacts. So let them post on all social media platforms. But it's not a secret relationship if your pastor is aware of the both of you. Maybe one senior member of the family is aware. And maybe you've just not gone public. But six months, you're not going public. What do you do in a situation where, you, where whenever you think of settling, the first person that comes to your mind is your ex. I believe I have moved on. But this person always comes to mind. And whenever I think about him a lot, he calls me. Whenever he is in Lusaka, he wants to see me. We had a godly relationship, but somehow the relationship didn't just work. Even when I'm praying for my life partner, I usually receive a text or call from him. (laughs) This is too much of a coincidence. My advice for you. Now, you've not indicated whether he's single or not. If he's single, pray for him for God to slap his eyes open because you are the right one for him. No, if you're a believer, the coincidence is just too much. Initially, I was going to say, maybe you have a sore tie because if you slept together, sometimes... But you said it was a godly. So for what I know godly to be, then he's the one. Dad, what does it mean when one keeps dreaming of their friend's death? Friends, they are no longer close to. Okay, there are many times when you have a dream about somebody dying. Sometimes it will be someone who was close to you or somebody um, who is your relative. Many times I've come to discover that God is trying to get your attention to pray for the salvation of someone from death. Because that death is avoidable. God rarely brings the actual person in this case. So he'll bring someone you were close to or someone you are close to or a family member. Sometimes it's that actual person, but most of the times you find that it's a different person. So what you do in that case is that you begin praying in the spirit fervently. 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 With that issue on your heart, then God will use your prayer to preserve the person who's supposed to be preserved. And normally, you will not even know that they are preserved. You know, there's this this strange hunger in people who are prophetic. For something bad to happen so that it is confirmed that they are a prophet. I said it. I said it. I saw it. Okay, so now that you've drunk the glory, people are now in pain. What did you do about it? So sometimes being in the prophetic means that praying for God to change something that you saw and you announced and it doesn't come to pass and you look like a liar. I shared with you a testimony when my, I had a dream that a woman came to me and she was passing. I felt like Abraham. You know when Abraham was sitting down and there were these three men who were passing and I was sitting just down there. And I saw this old woman. And I said, this is not a normal old woman. So I rushed to where she was. And I said, please come home and eat something. She refused. I insisted. When I reached home, all I found were groundnuts. I gave her. So when I gave her, she looked at me and she smiled. And she said, follow me. And I followed her behind. I was just following her. There was something very strange about this old woman. She had very strong white teeth. Very white, very strong. I thought that was an angel hiding. Because they do. They do that. So when we reached there, when we reached there, where she was taking me, we found a man who was in a wheelbarrow. He was in a wheelbarrow. No one could come close to him. And he was very sick. And she told me, you need to petition for him. When I, be, I now I couldn't look into the wall bar because I wanted to see who it is, but I couldn't look, and she disappeared. I looked for her; she disappeared. So I began to pray, pray, pray. When I woke up, I decided to 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 to, to begin engaging in prayer. I didn't know who it was, but I felt it was someone very close to me. When I prayed, when I prayed, I think two days I was called that my uncle is very sick. What's the problem? BP and COVID. Then I now, the Spirit of God now told me, that's what you are dealing with. And I told him, I now get into my dimensions. I tell him, don't worry, you'll just be fine. And I prayed for him. (sighs) Now I was waiting 16 hours. They're not getting back to me. Now, you know, sometimes when people are sick, you don't want to call. Those times when people are very sick, you could just hear what you want to hear. So you just keep quiet. Ah, no, it was getting late. They were not calling me. I called. Then he responded, Ah, mwacha wand. After one pepper I didn't have to You know? So, sometimes it works like that. Then sometimes God will just give you a dream to tell you that someone is passing. A lot of times it happens to me like that. There's a, there's a, there's a family member who came to me. She was very sick in the hospital. I had met her for the first time. I prayed for her, went back home, Then I had a dream. She came and she was giving me all her clothes. She said, "Where are you going?" She said, "I'm going home." I said, "Ah, you kid, what's your problem?" She said, "I'm going home. I'm going and go get." So when I woke up, I said, "No, no, no, I began to pray. I began to pray. I began to pray. Then I was told she's dead. So
1: sometimes it's just a message that this person is going to go, or a certain person is going to go, yeah. So,
0: pray. You see why it's important to pray in the Spirit? Because the Bible says we do not know what to pray for as we ought. You know, when many of us are praying in tongues a lot, we're not trying to show you that we are stronger than you. We are trying to show you that we are way weaker than you, that we can't rely on our English, we have to fall back on the Spirit. So, us who pray in tongues a lot, we are weaker than you. So, don't say that no, they are praying. In-. No, we're trying to show that for us, we are not yet at your level. That's for some of you. I know there are some who just can't speak in tongues. I'm talking about those who say, "Ah, why is it you pray in tongues every time? It's because you, you are too strong. (laughs) The only reason I'm not going to read this is because it's too long. (laughs) (laughs) Have I helped someone? That's very important. Thank you for this. By the way, Take note of how God communicates to you. Take note. If you don't, you will never grow either your prophetic gift and how it works or your personal relationship with God and how it works. Those moments when you sense God, take note of them because you can build an altar around them. And when you do, it means there will always be transaction in the spirit at that point. So there are some of you who, in a normal day, you are just transacting something. Then God speaks in the moment. You write it down. Wow. So, because God will tell you, the same way this has happened, the same way this has happened like that. I told you that last time. So, it means that when you take note of that, you are growing the portal for that thing to repeat itself. That's how you grow in your communications with God. Are you listening? Hi, Dad. Thank you for this opportunity. I do not take it lightly. So,
1: as at the time someone gets...
0: someone gets saved, they give their life to Christ, they are no longer identified by their past mistakes. Right? Right. Now, what happens when such a person is about to enter a relationship? Do they have to tell their new partner about all their... I think we know where this is going. It's a very tricky question. And it's a very important question. yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: this one I need to see it it's not a very easy question,
1: especially on the girls' part on the guy's part.
0: The problem is many guys, they are villagers, so they don't forgive. There's always that time in the relationship when it's becoming serious, where you disclose everything. (laughs) Have you ever slept with someone? What, what, what? Were you ever active? How many times? Some people want to know This is why, number one, stay away. Because when you find the right woman or the right man, you either have to lie or tell the truth. So first, let me start from there. (coughs) Just stay away. Then there are some people who, maybe it was because, ah, this question. Maybe it was because um, they were raped.
1: You can tell him. <laughs> then there
0: are some of you, maybe you were just sexually active, but you changed your life. And then that question comes. If you say no, he may discover. <laughs> if you say yes, he might leave. Or <laughs> <All> the best. <laughs> If I were you,
1: (laughs) if I lost a child, whether through an abortion or through a miscarriage,
0: I'm just saying, if I were you. God has... Now, I, I absolutely think people have differing opinions. Can you allow me to give mine? Yes. And I respect it. But I wanna shh I would not even... <laughs> because... The Bible says the odd things. <laughs> that would be my scripture. That would be my scripture. And even if the doctor said you may not have a child, you with this kind, I would say we will have. So that one, I wouldn't mean to say if I were you. Because I think if I answer for you, I say, do this. Maybe I'll be judgmental. Let me put myself in some shoes.
1: It's not wise. Did you sleep with some people? Now, I think I've dealt with that one. Were you sexually active?
0: Yeah. I was young. So my boyfriend or my girlfriend, it happened. But you know, I don't like talking about it. Because if he hears that five men. (laughs) So I'll tell him, I don't like talking about it, but it happened with my boyfriend. (laughs) Afterwards, that's it. What does it mean (laughs) when you are constantly dreaming about angels singing hymns? It means start singing hymns with them. (laughs) The only reason I won't read this is because it's too long. Are you learning something? (laughs) No, because if you say all things are passed away, are you wrong? Are you hiding? No, Jesus hid for me. In his blood. Why are you trying to go back? Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Jesus. I no longer live. I told you last time, some of you who's want, want a virgin. It's not a virgin that makes a good spouse. You can have a non-virgin... You can have a non-virgin. You can have, in fact, I mean to say, you can have a virgin whose character is non-virgin. So don't be too hard with some of these things. At the same time, I'm not not saying, look for anyone anything. I'm just saying, don't be too hard. The only thing I advise is, be sure this is the person you want. Feel free to go do an HIV test. Afterwards, Jesus is Lord. You, you were also a thief. You both go to hell. You were a liar. Remember you, you cheated in an exam. The same Jesus who forgave her, forgave you. So don't be too difficult. What's your problem? Just marry fast, fast. Forget about it.
1: (laughs) And saying, no,
0: she's not a virgin. Your conscience is even eating you. Don't Tell someone to the left and to the right, relax. (laughs) I think sometimes in church, we need to have some candid discussions. Dad, when one lives a life glorifying God, but not aligned to their purpose. You know, I had a dream about this service. I saw people lifting hands, lifting hands. And I was saying, ah, question and answer session today. So I think this is what God wanted to deal with.
1: When one lives a
0: life glorifying God but not aligned to their purpose, does it mean they would go to hell? For example, if I was called to be an evangelist but I live a life of a pastor and it's still bringing glory to God, Don't bother your conscience so much. Listen, when it comes to purpose, purpose is not that one thing that you do. It's a number of assignments correctly lived. You find that there are some things which you do better than others. You'll be judged on individual assignments. Even if you're a pastor or a prophet, you find that you're a prophet with a pastoral calling, assignment. Now, sometimes God wants you to do one thing and you do another. I think human beings generally do that, even if even if you're not a pastor, even if you're a pastor who's being an evangelist, or even if you're a praise member who's being an usher. People make those mistakes sometimes, but you don't go to hell on that. On that, you are judged, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. Basically, the Bible teaches that those are works that you'll be judged for. The question of hell and heaven is a question of salvation. Did you give your life to Christ? Are you listening to me? Also some of you who who slept with people. Don't stay with that wrong person because you slept with them. Maybe you got pregnant or you gave them, you you gave them pregnancy. you got them pregnant. Because sometimes people begin to look down on themselves so much that they think that if I leave this person, no one will ever accept me. That's a lie you told yourself, and Satan came to seal it with seal tape. If the relationship is wrong, it's abusive, leave it. It doesn't matter the mistakes you made there. Leave it and live correctly. Afterwards, preach against what you were doing. Yes. I don't know how we got back here, but I think I'd left something. Are you learning something? The only reason I won't read this is because it's too long. Are you being helped? Dad, how would I defend the faith towards someone that says, is it wrong to drink and afterwards go to sleep? After all, I am not sinning. (laughs) No answer. Give me a mic. Let me hear. I think on this topic. I'll give you, I'll give you my, my thought on alcohol. Don't drink. Just leave it. Issues that you're not sure you should do or you should not do, just leave them. Even, I can tell you, even as a theologian, there are gray areas in the Bible. Just leave it. Especially when our fathers of the faith who are led by the Spirit have told you, stay away from this. Stay away. It's always important. Okay? There are very few people who drink and who are aware of God who don't think they are sinning. Many of them who drink They think it's not right. They are not just too convinced it's not right. So they are on the fence. Many of them. So, no, I've never met people who are drinking alcohol and giving glory to God in my life. I've been around for a few years. I don't know about you. They are drinking alcohol and they are speaking in other tongues. It just doesn't fit into a certain spiritual state. You understand my point? So stay away from that. How do you help a person? If they are convinced, leave them. There's one person who keeps asking questions because it's the same handwriting I keep seeing. (laughs) And I keep answering them. So let me skip. I keep having dreams of people chasing me and attacking everyone that tries to help me. But each time that happens, I always escape one way or the other. But I would like to understand why this dream keeps coming. Almost every night and every time I wake up frightened, on other days I get attacks by drunk or mad people chasing me or trying to just beat me up physically. Chase them back next time. But come for prayer, okay? This is a demonic attack. It's a very demonic attack. And normally it means what I see spiritually, what I, what I, what I, what I perceive spiritually on this person is that those things, th- that particular spirit seems to be coming from your maternal side. And what it does is every time people are about to settle, they just don't settle, they move on. So you find in relationships, Instead of settling, they they, they they settle. It's like something chases them from whatever looks like settlement. So what's happening in your dream is metaphorical of what actually happens on your maternal side of things. So if you are here, you need to come so that we pray together, okay? You find someone starts school, they want to run away to do business. They start business, they wish they did school they, like that. Good morning, Pastor. I honor and acknowledge you for this opportunity. My question concerns spiritual growth and capacity building. What do you do when you've tried all you can to grow spiritually but it's to no avail, and you've reached a point where you feel spiritually dry and don't know how to regain your zeal? Two things. You could be needing deliverance, one. But two, it could just mean that you are too much in your feelings. There are people who just want to feel something for them to confirm it's the Holy Spirit. But As long as you are moving in your feelings, Satan will always have an advantage over you. They say, I've been praying, but I still feel dry. It's not dryness. It's not wetness that makes you know that your prayer has been answered. It's faith. It is not because you have, that's why a person said that someone shook in front and said, I don't know why I'm shivering. Then they said, it's the Holy Spirit. Now, I know they meant well, but let me explain something. Many of you are waiting to shiver so that you can know that the Holy Spirit is upon you. Yes, sometimes there could be a shaking because of his power. But sometimes when you are dealing with his presence, there is silence. Remember, Elijah was told, it's a still small voice he heard. There was a shaking, there was a wind, there was a storm. And God was not in any of those things. But when he heard a still small voice, that's when he had an encounter with God. So the spirit of God sometimes is very quiet, you know. And so a lot of times when you are waiting to feel something, you cannot deal with Satan. Satan. There's people who have asked God for forgiveness, and because they're not feeling the forgiveness, they feel like, ah, I'm still a sinner saved by grace. So they're waiting to feel forgiven for them to now say, thank you, Jesus, I'm free. But as long as you're waiting to feel forgiven, it means you'll still be held sway by Satan's clothes. Because he'll be telling you, just check how you're feeling you. Ah, I don't think God has forgiven you. Maybe you have to pray five more rosaries. I don't know. Maybe you have to like kneel and face Jerusalem, and maybe pray for one more hour. I don't know. So you find that they they keep sinning. The new sin is unbelief. Now the new sin they are committing is unbelief. That's the new sin. Not the one they committed. The one they committed, God forgave them. Now they are committing a new one for not believing God has forgiven them. Are you following me? So whatever you desire from God, even the baptism of the Spirit... There are people who expect their tongue to just start saying, oh, 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 and then they are looking everywhere saying, I can't control it. Shabara. I can't control it. It's just coming upon me. Oh, this is exciting. Woo-hoo. It doesn't work like that. You yield. Sometimes you feel a movement. Sometimes you feel words. You open your mouth and speak. Then some people say, I'm going to pray for you for the baptism of the spirit. Then you become tense. I our spirit. Some people even do the team we don't for. The but you find sometimes the baptism is in the falling. You just lose yourself. And as you do that, you find two sentences. Huh? I said that. You know, It even stops sometimes like that. You go back home, you still have the urge to speak words you don't know. So, so (coughs) pray for me, I want to receive the Bible of the Holy Spirit. So, we lay hands on you, and then you start saying, amen, amen. You're looking at me saying, amen, I receive. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is not, you know, let me also say this. There are people who say, I fell to the ground. And then I just began saying, I don't remember what I was saying, but the Holy Spirit was saying through me, that was not the Holy Spirit. You've forgotten what you were saying. You said things and, nope. The Holy Spirit does not possess your mouth and your mind so that you begin saying things and you don't know what you said. Okay. <laughs> One day you do it and you say the correct thing. Next time you do it and you and say, No, if you meet, and then <laughs> you say, No, it's the same Holy Spirit. No. Even the first one was just. Even men who prophesied, the Bible says the scriptures were written as men were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. They were moved, they were not possessed. And even if, when we say a person is possessed of the Spirit, it's figurative. So he begins to suggest words and he begins to inspire words, and they begin to say, Thus saith the Lord. And as they begin to speak, even the Bible says the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. That means, although the spirit is moving on the prophet, the prophet decides what comes out and what stays in. So people will just say anything they see. Red flags. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. He will put words in you. Now you have to open your mouth and speak them. That's how it works. It's called yielding. You just don't wake up after you've had a dream. You take yourself to tell someone. <laughs> <laughs> then after I say, How did I say it? No, you are telling me about a dream. Oh, yeah, it's the Holy Spirit. Hmm. As long as you're walking in the flesh, you'll be the devil's prey. Even after you've had a serious prayer session, sometimes you feel as dry as you are going in. Except for a confidence that God has answered. I'm telling you, I'm having 40-day prayer. Nothing, not one hair is moving on my head. 40 days. If I was walking in the flesh... Hmm? Also, I don't know me. I don't feel anything. I don't know if God is not. You don't. God is. God is not with you because you failed Him. God is with you because He said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God is not with you because you're not going through trouble. God is with you because He said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God is not with you because somebody died. God is with you because He said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Always remember that God is not with you. No, God is not with you because I failed an exam. He was there with you in the chest when you failed. <laughs> God is every. You should know this. And this is why people sin. The reason why people sin sometimes is because of that thing. They only know that God is there when they feel this. hallelujah. <speaking in Spanish> Ah, God is here. So when you are in private now, you are stealing your money, phone There, God is not there because it's just you and the kitchen and your dirty fingers. So that that because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So even God, if we have to relate with him, we relate with him from a point of the evidence of the unseen. So we know that we can't see him, but we believe he is there. So we walk by faith. That means we do things as if God was there, although we can't see him with our naked eyes. So when people are seen, it means that in that moment they lacked faith because they were unaware of the presence of God. Why? Because they walked in the flesh. They walked by what they saw and what they felt. Say, I walk by faith. So, this issue of I'm not feeding anything, God help you. I'm going to answer two more, then we're going to close. I've never thought of going to the grave to visit the burial site of a past loved one as anything but formality because movies make it look like just one of those things to do. My question is should I view it as a normal to religious? Visit as some people do. Or should I just should I just keep a past loved one in my heart for remembrance? It's up to you. Also, why are you having a strong desire to go to the grave site? <laughs> you should check. There was a time when I saw a certain movie clip, and I really wanted to watch it. So I forgot about it. And in the night, I felt a desire to look up the movie. I forgot it. In the morning, I and then the next day, I, then I realized this is an evil spirit that wants me to watch that movie. It's not normal. So I said, hey, get out! And the desire left. So sometimes you a desire to go to the
1: grave.
0: <laughs> and the grave you, are, you want to go is not Memorial Park. No, what's that other gravesite? Eh You just want the chinguera ones. (laughs) Also, when you go there in Memorial Park, they'll ask you at the gate. (laughs) She's not visiting ours. (laughs) What do you want to do? So some of those desires, manage them Because it could be an evil spirit wanting you to go to the grave site. And then now you'll be dreaming yourself every time when you even you even look at the name. Chinxinguan <laughs> Bewe. You can't forget the name you saw. Every time you just say, Chinxingwanbewe. Now you start being haunted by Chinxinguan Bewe. Also, some of you have been thinking, I need to go and see Body I need to. Why do you want to see it? If you don't want to see, just sit. Just come out the other side, or when they are passing, just. Just pass. Because you find that desire to see. Now you have a picture in your head. Ah! The next one month, torment after torment. After torment after torment. After torment. Because of a picture you saw. Also, why are you afraid of the dead? Are they not supposed to be afraid of you? Every time you just hear someone is dead, oh. It's fear of the unknown. Now Satan will be using a weak thing, a dead body, to be scaring you. Every time you think of a dead body, you're anxious. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, don't be afraid. There are people who also feel like if I don't go to see the people who are dead, then I'm betraying them because they need me to go there. He is not there. What's there? <laughs> Some bodies are not even there. The tema is eight. So there's nothing there. The person is in heaven or where they belonged. Pastor, what does it take to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Pastor, what does it take to join the dear son, dear daughter group? Because sometimes I feel like a stepchild. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, Dad. Yesterday night, I killed a man in my dream. There were two, and they were disturbing my conversation with my wife. I got frustrated. I did a powerful joke slam. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring any questions, you. Number one, you've been watching too much wrestling. (laughs) At your marriage age, why are you not chilling with your wife? And some of you who are married or you are dating, especially married people, you find you're always on your phone when you're married. You need to be careful with the phone. Sometimes just put it away and spend time with your wife. Even if there's no story, keep looking at each other. (laughs) See, whatever you desire to see, you see it. Also, you women, you are complaining that he just just watches football and is on his phone. If he stops football, what is he going to start looking at? (laughs) Okay, let me leave this for the marriage class. Because some women, say, see. I almost, yeah. When are we having the marriage seminar? I, I had a bomb. Iprasuk Okay, let me conclude. So, ask God what that dream means. It was probably an evil spirit that is attacking your marriage. But ask God because it could be that. You are, you, you watch too much wrestling, but it could be what I say. I don't sense anything in the spirit, but it could be either. I need to ask your wife, wife, does he watch wrestling a lot? (laughs) exposed. See <laughs> ah. me for canceling. Both of you. I want a funny question. This one is too
1: deep. I want one last question. One last question. This one, the only reason I won't
0: read the English is not. It's not clear. That's what I mean. Okay, I'll answer this one. I acknowledge you, Pastor. I wanted to ask, what is the use of anointing oil? How does it, how does it work? I don't know. People use it differently. Right? but if you've seen here we are not too much into the use of anointing oil. So sometimes people come to me and they say, pray for my bottle. I want to be using it as anointing oil. And people use anointing oil as a point of faith, right? But some people believe that's the only power. So now what happens if the anointing oil is done? It means the power has also... And so what the powers of darkness will do is just... Finish the anointing oil, then come for you at zero two. It's not really the oil. It's because your faith was in the oil. Sometimes men of God, especially those that have got huge crowds, what they do is that they, because they can't lay hands on everyone, so they will get anointing oil and pray over it. And transfer their anointing, or the power is transferable. So that when you go and use it, it's almost as if they are touching you because they transferred a part of themselves in that oil. So, in the same way, sometimes I, after using a hanky, I get it and I give it to you. Some of you if you've seen that. It means there's power that has rested on that hanky by reason of having interacted with me. Right now. I don't encourage a consistent use of that. We anoint people also as a sign. So normally, before, normally before I use an oil, I spend time with it. Okay? It's not just oil. It means I've interacted with it. So just don't buy quickly from the store for the Indians <laughs> or the Zambians. <laughs> And you start pouring on people's lives. They will have a goo-goo life. (laughs) Spend time with it. Sometimes I tell people, by the way, let's stand. I tell people, let me lay hands on you. And then you carry the anointing. And you go use it. In the Old Testament, they use the anointing oil as a sign as a sign that the Holy Spirit has come. But these days, we don't need so much signs. These days, I use the anointing oil to show a symbol of the transference of power or to communicate power. But most of the times, I do it with my hands. Praise the Lord. All right, let us raise our hands to God and begin thanking God for his word and for whatever we have learned and for this fellowship. Open your mouth, pick your words, and begin to thank God. Lord, you are good, and your mercies endure forever. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the power. Thank you for the knowledge and the wisdom. Thank you for the change of life. In the name of Jesus, my life will never be the same.